Welcome to American Influencer Real Talk. I'm Christopher Krellen, CEO of the American Influencer Association. Today, we have award-winning director and choreographer Chase Benz. You're going to be blown away by Chase's journey in the dance industry. He's worked with J-Lo, Backstreet Boys, Rihanna, Mariah Carey, and the pop princess herself, Britney Spears. And now, here's our host, Josh Skinner. Hey, Chase. What's up, man? Welcome to our show in our office in Valencia. Thank you for driving out here. Love it. Yeah. Uh, So we've got our upcoming American Influencer Awards. And of course, our fans and our followers know you as a choreographer, a director, a producer, also an incredible dancer. Well, when was the moment that you felt like you first had influence? Um, I think, so when I was 15, I booked my first international tour. And I remember... I remember going overseas during this tour. I I got I got hired to be a dancer for a, a pop artist at the time, um, who had gotten big over there. And and I'd gone over there, and we were working on the or we were uh, performing at the MTV was it MTV International Movie Awards? MTV International Awards, I think it was. And I remember we did our performance, and then after we all went out, and it was like our first time going out. Of course, I had to. Um, wasn't doing anything illegal. I had a chaperone with me. Right. So I was able to go out. They were always with me and whatnot because I was 15. I was underage. But I remember that night I was – we were at this after party. Mariah Carey was there. Black Eyed Peas were there. And Black Eyed Peas were out on the floor dancing. And I remember I was like, all right, I got to get out there. I got to, like, show face, show my moves, just just absorb their energy. Because they're also dancers. And so, like, they were – a few of them were trained. Um even some of them, you know, straight off the street, like training there, and um, and so uh, and so, I remember dancing, and Will I Am came up to me, and he's like, "Yo, you got skills. Whoa, you need to continue that." And I was like, "Okay, maybe, maybe if Will I Am thinks that I can do this, then maybe I should just give it a shot." I've already given it a shot. Like I'd been doing it professionally for a couple of years before that, before I was fifteen. Um, and so at that moment, I was like, "All right." This is I'm gonna do this, and so we we all like all the black eyed peas were there, like Fergie, everybody, and we started dancing, we started battling, like this whole thing. So it was like, and it became this like feel good sensation as well, because it started off being an actual battle, like you against me, me against you, but then there was this like gratification that came from it, and uh, I remember that whole night, I spent the rest of the night with Black Eyed Peas, just hanging out with them and talking to them and getting advice from them and like the industry. And from there, after that tour, my career pretty much took off until now. You've had an incredible career. Name some of the artists that our fans would be familiar with. Yeah, um, I've worked dancer choreographed for Britney Spears, Rihanna, J-Lo, J Balvin, uh, Backstreet Boys, Mariah Carey, Christina Aguilera, um, Florida Georgia Line, um, Donna Summer, Ricky Martin, just to name a few. When you list that, uh, how does it feel? It feels good. Um, it's not my identity, though. It's more of, okay, this is what I did. It's what I love to do. You know, being a dancer, you were supporting them. You weren't them. You weren't the act. Um, on several occasions was I the act for sure, but in this instance, for those artists that maybe I was choreographing or dancing, I was mainly really behind the scenes 
mostly, even though I was up on stage with them, you're spending, you know, months at a time, either training or rehearsing for that, maybe that one tour or that one gig. And they're, you know, they're the ones that are highlighted. They're the ones that get the spotlight. Um, but it also makes me feel grateful. It feels grateful that, you know, at a young age, I aspired to do this. I remember watching Michael Jackson on TV, HBO special in, in the early 90s, and just going, I'm going to set my mind out to do that. And, you know, growing up in a small town in the South, dancing wasn't something you did. Like you were, lo- you were looked up, down upon if you did something different other than what they want you to do. And that was an ongoing battle constantly. Um, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter for me. That was only that only made me work harder. Um, and at a young age, I mean, I was putting in sometimes 40, 40 hours a week training after school. Um, and so, you know, when I look back at that, when I look back at all the things that I've been able to be a part of, I feel I feel grateful. And I learned so much, especially from all those artists, not just the artists, but the teams that I worked with. And um, yeah, so I'm just- What do you think is the biggest it? misconception, you know, the, the, the people that look up to you? Mm-hmm. What, what do you think is, you know, what they don't get? Um, I think for the majority, I think people think it's just a hobby, that it's not a actual um, way to- what's like survivor live like survivor live yeah and i think for a while that was always looked at for me it was like oh he's just he's good at this so he's just gonna do it let's see how long it lasts and that there's like a timetable on it um that there's no there's no offspring from it it's just okay well you're a dancer well that's only gonna be you know a couple years or whatnot and that's not the case do you did you feel like you almost had people saying well what's gonna be your real job oh 100 i fought that every day i fought that same phrase well, what what's what's your what's your fallback? I was like, I don't really have one. And were you okay with that? Not having a fallback? Yeah. Um, I think I fought with it because mm-hmm. I, I I think in the back of my mind I that was a uh, it was something that I did have to fight with constantly in that response, you know, with other people and in my own mind because I'm like you you do question you're like okay what happens you know what does happen but. I think I got to that point where I realized, well, what if I just get to whatever, if I get to that point, if I can use what I learned for something else. Mm. And I don't think, you know, I, I think for dancers, you either, you can make that choice or you don't, or, you know, if you want to continue to be involved, you know, let's say in entertainment, you want to direct, you want to choreograph, that's something you can do until, you know, you die basically. Um, but it's not, it's not taught that. And I have a lot of people that I've looked up to over the years who, you know, are far older than me that did the same thing that I did and who are now directing and choreographing and producing and, you know, uh, putting up concepts for different things. And, and that's who I, that's who I follow. And, and growing up, I really didn't, I didn't take no for an answer as far as what I was battling in my own head. How did you deal with the haters? You know, obviously mm. social media wasn't there in the beginning of your dancing career mm. and how you interact now. I mean, you were mm-hmm. you did the tour of So You Think You Can Dance. I mean, mm. you've had a lot of audience interaction. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with those negative people? I think if I think first and foremost it comes with knowing who you are at your core. Um and it took me a long time to realize that. 
And I think for a very long time for performers, we're taught what to do. You know, you have your coach, you're like, this is okay. I want you to feel this way. I want you to dance this way. I want you to, you know, so it's easy to get caught up in what you think you should do versus what you actually want to do and what your soul is thriving for. And so I think first and foremost, I really think that it all comes down to A, how you respond to that, how much weight you give to it, and who you are at the end of the day. And so I think there becomes a point in your life that you've got to make that choice and you have to seek out, you have to seek out those things of, you know, those traits maybe you learned at a young age um, that that you need to squash. And so I think the I think responding to those haters is sometimes just just knowing who you are. And whatever that response comes out with, your response back to them is probably going to be at its most um, honest place. What's the most common question that you get as a choreographer, hmm. producer, director, mm-hmm. extraordinary human? <laughs> yeah, Um a really good question because there's so many of them because dancing and you know my job title is there's a lot of things that go along with it um do you love it oh wow do you love it that was unexpected Mm -hmm. and your response is absolutely i loved it since i could walk i loved music i think it all started with music i just didn't I wasn't born. I was like, I want to dance. I want to go on tour. It was a, it was kind of a trickle down effect of loving music, loving to perform, watching um, others perform as well. And it was a combination of those three. And it was something that kind of just set my soul on fire. I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. If people do have a backup plan, is that bad? I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it gives you more reason to quit. Mm. Oh. I think it uh, is, oh, I've got this backup plan. So it, I don't think it helps you in the fight to go for actually the, the things you want um, in life. And that's not just, I think that speaks, uh, you know, bigger than just what you want to do for a living, but how you, what you want out of life. You know, if you've got this backup plan, sure, it's awesome. It's fantastic. And for for many people, I'm it is it is the way to go. I, I, there's no doubt. But it's this lifeline that's basically going. It, it kind of in the back of your head, it could go. Oh well, if you don't if you don't make it to this, then you can always come back to this. How hungry are you? Right. Yeah. And it yeah, it's how hungry. How bad do you want it? And it's the climb. It's the 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 learning experience. And not giving up. Let's close with, that's so inspiring, but how do you do that and not make it your identity? Mm. Because there is that balance, Oof. right? That is a really good observation and question at the same time. <laughs> I think it's different for every single person. But the advice that I can give on on my way up the ladder in life is is constantly ask questions constantly ask questions there's not there's not enough questions that you can ask and i think when you ask the hows and the whys it helps you understand things you may not be perfect you know we're 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 not perfect 
by all means. And that's okay. And if you can realize that you're not perfect, I think that more questions will be answered for you and you'll you'll be able to observe more things therefore your your response can be more genuine your responses can be more uh, authentic your responses can be um closer to like how you want to respond to things and you know that's why you know I've heard this so many times is like the best actors are the ones who listen and the ones who respond and they they're able to tell their story. That's why they're the best actors do that. You're like they're they're not actors. That's just who they are. Um, Same with hosts. You yeah. know, you can really tell the hosts that are not listening. They're just like, I just got to get a word in. But then the other, you know, listening's half of everything. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone who's just struggling with self identity? Because mm-hmm. you know, when you're twenty, oh, here's an even better question. Yeah, you know, we're in our thirties. What would you tell your twenty-something self now, after having this incredible career? What would you What would you say to him? Love that. I got asked that question just recently on something else. Um, I think it goes back to what I said earlier: is listen, listen more, ask as many questions as you want. It's okay to ask questions, and. Don't be, um, don't be guided by fear. Mm, that's strong. It can be there. Fear is going to be there, but let it help you. Let it help you. Um, Almost like nervous excitement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nervous excitement. And that's don't amazing. stop. Yeah, and don't stop. I have to ask this for the fans. Okay. Of all the celebrities that you've worked with, you have to have a favorite or a moment mm. in time. Can you share? A, a special moment or a special celebrity moment people love them. oh man um i mean it, they are all fantastic i look at them as everybody i've worked for I've, I've every single one of them i've learned something a bigger life lesson um and on so many different topics so that's that's actually a hard question to answer but you know i think when I worked for uh, when I worked for J Lo, and she was a dancer, she came up. She worked hard. She worked very very hard. And fly girl, fly girl. She was you know she, so she knows she knows my industry. She knew what it was. She know what it. She knows currently what it is and and the fight to you know to book jobs and to get jobs and and um, and I worked for her for two years. And I remember I was the last, um, I was the last dancer on that tour to be booked because somebody pulled out. And at the time, her boyfriend Casper called me when I was working for Nicki Minaj. I was in New York. He's like, "Hey, how quick can you get back to LA? We're gonna start rehearsing for, um, for Jen's tour, the world tour." And I was like, "I'm on a plane tomorrow." So I just finished up with Nicki Minaj, and, and um, so I got back. We started rehearsal. And I remember we were rehearsing at her house. She has a dance studio at her house. Wow. And we were rehearsing the, the opening number. And I hadn't met her yet. And she, we were rehearsing. It was me. It was the first day I met. I knew most of the guys who were dancing for her and the girls, but some of them I didn't. So it was just like, it was, there was this, this excitement. There wasn't fear, um, but there was this excitement that was happening. And I remember she walked down. She had no makeup on, beautiful, and this all pink like tracksuit. And she walked in the room. 
She's staring me down because she had worked with everybody. She knew everybody already because they had been working with her for, you know, the last couple of months on like award show stuff. Anyways, she's looking at me. She stares me down all the way till she sits down in the center. And she goes, she goes, hey, Chase, can you, can you do that first date count for me by yourself? Oh. And I was like, sure, absolutely. You know, I, I was like, cool, absolutely. So I started doing it. And she stood up. She goes, no, let me show you how, how to do it. And so I was like, all right. And that was the moment that I realized how the respect that I have for her and how nerve-wracking that was. And I'm like, I didn't know how she would respond. I don't know her yet. I don't, I didn't, you know, and through that year, I got to know her. And and there were certain times where, you know, you may think, oh, she's being hard on us, but she wasn't. She was actually for us. She was fighting for us. She was fighting for us to be better. And that's not the case on every job that I've done. You know, sometimes your dancers are there to make the artist look better. And with this, she goes just as hard as you do. And, you know, she's a businesswoman. She's a mother. You know, she's an artist. She's a singer. She's a dancer. And she does all those things really well. And so that moment really taught me respect for her. And respect for the craft as well. And I had respected the craft since I could dance. But she taught me so many things and how, you know, if you actually work hard, you know, you can see the fruit. You can see the fruit of it. Um, and sometimes that doesn't always look fancy, you know. And to me at first, I was like, who's – she came in and she – in my mind, I'm like, she came in just to put me on the spot, you know. But I grew from that moment. I grew from that that little moment, never since then, I just, throughout the whole hurt rehearsal process, she pushed us, and I respected her so much for, for that. That's a great story. Yeah, it's fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no worries. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, a side note, um, Britney Spears has been, like, my favorite for the years. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. just that generation, so yeah. I was just really excited that you – I saw the circus tour, so I'm so okay. glad that you worked on that. Yeah, yeah. that was a – that was – if you had asked me a number two moment – that would that would have been my number two moment, and maybe even coexist with the number one because I remember when I booked that tour, it was like the biggest deal. It was the biggest deal for me. Um, there was this kind of like rise to it because um, I had like the the year before I had like a really successful year. I'd worked with Christine Aguilera, I'd worked with Mariah Carey, I'd worked with Hannah Montana, oh, Miley, um, and did a film. But that was. Britney's comeback during that moment was massive. And that tour was going to be massive. And, you know, this, you know, the the concept was this three-ring circus. The songs that she had just dropped were fantastic pop songs. Every dancer, when when I remember that moment where the email got out, it was like Britney's auditioning for dancers, went out to all the agencies. I was still living in Nashville in that at um during that time. And I was going back and forth between here in LA or Nashville and LA and I was like, I got to go and audition. So I flew out January 1st of 2009, and, I, and it was three days of the longest, toughest um, auditioning process. It was three days long, that, you know, a thousand dancers. A thousand dancers. It was about a thousand dancers, close to it, girls and guys. Holy cow. Between, you know, uh, typecast and like all that. And and I remember, I went, you know, after a couple of days, I booked the, I booked the tour. And I remember having this feeling of like I defied all the odds that you know that was told you're you're not going to do this for a living you're not going to make it, and you know fast forward three months later after I'd booked the job, 
first show in New Orleans, and the curtain comes up, chills. You know, I there every night uh, during that tour. You know, the curtain rises and the dancers are just standing there on stage and she's coming down from the ceiling and it's me and another guy and we're standing there. Um, and when she when she flies down from the ceiling, we unclip her. And I remember that first night, the curtain comes up, she's coming down and I was like, I don't know if I can drop the F word, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. I was like, fuck, yeah. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. And everything that I worked hard for in that moment, it was there. It was that moment. And that tour for me, you know, I learned a lot on that tour as well. And but that was a that was a fantastic moment in my life. And the crowd going crazy. Oh my gosh. And she's in her home state. She's making this comeback. You know, it was a really great um the show was fantastic. The choreography was great. The dancers are phenomenal. The 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 costuming was was insane. I mean, you had people flying in from the the ceiling. What's not to to like, you know? And she's, you know, it's Britney. She's had some of the best pop hits of our time. And the Pussycat Dolls open for her. It was like yeah. it was not just a concert. It was an event. Mm -hmm. It was an event. Yeah, it was. Perez Hilton was the ringmaster. Yes, like it was yeah. crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm getting chills talking about it. Yep. Like. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had to fanboy out for a second. Oh, so thank man. you for telling me about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. It's it's always fun reliving those moments. Do you have a favorite song from that tour? I think I think it was the opening song. It was Circus. I had always dreamed of, of you know, as a kid, when I'd be in school, I'd always dreamed of that opening moment of a concert that I could be involved in, whether I was drawing what the stage would look like or, you know, dreaming of, you know, the artists that I could dance for. It was always the opening because the opening was like the setup. It was the setup. It was the chill bumps. It was like, wow, oh, we're about to go into battle. And I always felt that every night. And, you know, I was dance captain on that tour. So I was in charge. I was in charge of the dancers. I was also in charge of her, making sure if any questions she had involving the choreography or anything she wanted to change, I would work with her on that. Wow. Um, and that was that was, was kind of groundbreaking for me. Was she great to work with at that time? She was. She really yeah. was. She's a sweetheart. Um, when she gets out on that stage, it, it, she goes to another place. And um, the the opening sequence, you know, Circus, the song Circus was probably my favorite song um, of of that tour. Ladies and gentlemen, I just fanboyed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I just remember uh, we went, five of us went, uh, it was my birthday mm -hmm. when it was at the Staples Center. Yep. And we had uh, we had the standing seats right by the stage. So mm -hmm. I, I was right there with you. I bet you're yeah. in all my photos. Yeah. So yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. If our fans, followers, and friends mm -hmm. want to follow your journey on social media, where yep. should they go? Go to Instagram, mainly on Instagram right now, at uh, chasebins underscore. Um, yeah, that's, you can follow me. It's pretty much all like choreography, dance related stuff. Um, you can see the projects I've worked on and, you know, currently working on for the future, you know, once, uh, post, post COVID knock on wood, but, um, but yeah, go to Instagram at chase bins underscore. Think chase like the bank bins, like the car underscore. <laughs> Don't forget to follow him, everybody. Chase, thanks so much for being on this episode of American Influencer Real Talk. Woo, thanks for having me. 
Thanks for listening to our conversation with Chase Benz. You can keep up with the latest episode of our podcast by visiting us at AIAawards.com and by subscribing to our show on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to follow us on social media at AIA Real Talk Podcast. That's AIA Real Talk Podcast. The American Influencer Real Talk is produced by Christopher Krellen, Bethany Krellen, Josh Skinner, and it's edited by our friends at Lasting Media. Original music composed by at Joshua Hendricks Music. And now here's our CMO, Bethany Krellen. Thank you for listening to the American Influencer Real Talk. We hope you enjoyed. We are so passionate about all of you, our fans. We want you to be part of the AIA family. You can check out our beauty bundle, which supports our influencer community at AIAawards.com. Want to be a guest on The Real Talk? Send us a message on social. We can't wait to stay connected with you all and don't miss the next episode next week.